As the rector of St Bride's Church, Fleet Street, may I welcome you very warmly to this service. Our doors are open once again, and we are now able to offer a said service of Holy Communion each Sunday morning at 10 o'clock. But these online acts of choral worship, which draw upon archive recordings of our choir and congregation, combined with newly recorded readings, prayers and sermons, will continue each week so that you can enjoy the full wonders of our amazing choral tradition until such time as we can sing once again. I shall be offering this act of worship on your behalf, so please join your prayers with mine. May the light and hope of Christ be with us all as our worship begins. When they got into the boat, the wind ceased, and those in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. great delight to welcome you to St Bride's to our choral Eucharist on this the ninth Sunday after Trinity. Wherever you are in the world and however you're listening to us, we hope that you will feel that you are very much part of the St Bride's family. We begin with our opening prayer. Let us pray. We say together, 
Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hidden, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name, through Christ our Lord. Amen. God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, Jesus Christ, to save us from our sins, to be our advocate in heaven, and to bring us to eternal life. Let us confess our sins in penitence and faith, firmly resolved to keep God's commandments and to live in love and peace with all. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, we have sinned against you and against our neighbour in thought and word and deed, through negligence, through weakness, through our own deliberate fault. We are truly sorry and repent of all our sins for the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, who died for us. Forgive us all that is past and grant that we may serve you in newness of life to the glory of your name. Amen. Almighty God, who forgives all who truly repent, have mercy upon you, pardon and deliver you from all your sins, confirm and strengthen you in all goodness, and keep you in life eternal, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Gloria in excelsis
Almighty God, who sent your Holy Spirit to be the life and light of your church, open our hearts to the riches of your grace, that we may bring forth the fruit of the Spirit in love and joy and peace, through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who is alive and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The Old Testament reading is taken from the book of Genesis, chapter 37, beginning at the first verse. Jacob settled in the land where his father had lived as an alien, the land of Canaan. This is the story of the family of Jacob. Joseph, being seventeen years old, was shepherding the flock with his brothers. He was a helper to the sons of Bilhah and Zilpah, his father's wives, and Joseph brought a bad report of them to their father. Now Israel loved Joseph more than any other of his children, because he was the son of his old age, and he had made him a long robe with sleeves. But when his brothers saw that their father loved him more than all his brothers, they hated him and could not speak peaceably to him. Now his brothers went to pasture their father's flock near Shechem, and Israel said to Joseph, Are not your brothers pasturing the flock at Shechem? Come, I will send you to them. He answered, Here I am. So he said to him, Go now, see if it is well with your brothers and with the flock, and bring word back to me. So he sent him from the valley of Hebron. He came to Shechem, and a man found him wandering in the fields. The man asked him, What are you seeking? I am seeking my brothers, he said. Tell me, please, where they are pasturing the flock. The man said, They have gone away, for I heard them say, Let us go to Dothan. So Joseph went after his brothers and found them at Dothan. They saw him from a distance, and before he came near to them they conspired to kill him. They said to one another, Here comes this dreamer. Come now, let us kill him and throw him into one of the pits. Then we shall say that a wild animal has devoured him, and we shall see what will become of his dreams. But when Reuben heard it, he delivered him out of their hands, saying, Let us not take his life. Reuben said to them, Shed no blood. Throw him into this pit here in the wilderness, but lay no hand on him that he might rescue him out of their hand and restore him to his father. So when Joseph came to his brothers, they stripped him of his robe, the long robe with sleeves that he wore, and they took him and threw him into a pit. The pit was empty, there was no water in it. Then they sat down to eat, and looking up they saw a caravan of Ishmaelites coming from Gilead, with their camels carrying gum, balm and resin, on their way to carry it down to Egypt. Then Judah said to his brothers, What profit is there if we kill our brother and conceal his blood? Come, let us sell him to the Ishmaelites, and not lay our hands on him, for he is our brother, our own flesh. And his brothers agreed. When some Midianite traders passed by, they drew Joseph up, lifting him out of the pit, and sold him to the Ishmaelites for twenty pieces of silver. And they took Joseph to Egypt. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thank you. 
The epistle is taken from Paul's letter to the Romans, chapter 10, beginning at the fifth verse. Moses writes concerning the righteousness that comes from the law, that the person who does these things will live by them. But the righteousness that comes from faith says, Do not say in your heart, Who will ascend into heaven? That is, to bring Christ down. Or, Who will descend into the abyss? That is, to bring Christ up from the dead. But what does it say? The word is near you, on your lips and in your heart. That is the word of faith that we proclaim. Because if you confess with your lips that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For one believes with the heart and so is justified, and one confesses with the mouth and so is saved. The scripture says, no one who believes in him will be put to shame, for there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. The same Lord is Lord of all and is generous to all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. But how are they to call on one in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in one of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone to proclaim him? And how are they to proclaim him unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. the Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Matthew. Immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead to the other side while he dismissed the crowds. And after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up the mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone. But by this time, the boat, battered by the waves, 
was far from the land, for the wind was against them. And early in the morning, he came walking towards them on the lake. But when the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified, saying, It is a ghost! And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them and said, Take heart, it is I, do not be afraid. Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. He said, Come. So Peter got out of the boat, started walking on the water and came towards Jesus. But when he noticed the strong wind, he became frightened and beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out his hand and caught him, saying to him, You of little faith, why did you doubt? When they got into the boat, the wind ceased, and those in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. This is the Gospel of the Lord. May I speak in the name of the living God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit. Amen. Reflecting on this morning's Gospel reading, I found myself identifying very strongly with Peter's predicament. I've worked in public health for over 20 years now, and over that time I can recall various exercises concerned with emergency planning. Anything concerning pandemics followed a similar path, leaving us recognising how dreadful the impacts could be and daunted at the prospect. That's why pandemics have been at the top of the National Risk Register for decades. As COVID-19 hit and the scale of its likely impacts became more clear, I was rather daunted by what might lie ahead. But I also had some sense that this would be a crisis where public health would be called to step forward. Peter's words bring back that period in my mind. Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. Well, here we are some months on and Peter's subsequent experience resonates rather more strongly than it has ever done before. When he noticed the strong wind, he became frightened and beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. The metaphor feels very apt, perhaps reflecting the talk of waves of infection, of rising tides of cases. For some weeks already, work has provoked a fear of a kind of drowning in guidance to read, queries to respond to, emails to answer. I'm trying my best to keep my head above water. I am what the church refers to as a minister in secular employment, in that the primary setting in which I minister is the secular and now virtual workplace. As I reflect on these present challenges, I'm reminded of the words of the ordinal, the liturgy used at the ordination service. It says, you cannot bear the weight of this calling in your own strength, but only by the grace and power of God. Recognition of the limitations of our own powers reminds us that Christian life has its foundation in prayer. And during this period, the significance of beginning each day with a morning office has been confirmed for me. Trying to fit some urgent matter in before, even if it's something that has kept me awake at night, is a very bad idea. 
because I then struggle to stop and create the space for prayer. And so I find that the time becomes snatched and distracted. Someone once offered me very wise advice. Pray at least 20 minutes a day. And if you haven't got time for that, at least an hour. It's crucial to remind ourselves of Christ's presence. Jesus immediately reached out his hand and caught Peter, saying to him, You of little faith, why did you doubt? Often in the church, rather more time and energy can be devoted to concerns about orthodoxy, what we believe, rather than matters of orthopraxy, how we live. Our epistle today is a useful passage to explore the roots of this bias. If you confess with your lips that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. It's a passage that will be familiar to many, but it's one whose emphasis in our translation has been shaped by the Reformation and in particular Martin Luther. Luther understood the corrupting effect of the sale of indulgences on the church and his critique grew, drew attention to that sham. He returned the church to the Pauline argument against the doomed idea that we can ever merit salvation via our own good works, emphasising instead the good news that faith is the key to our salvation. Luther understood that being accepted by God is the result of God's undeserved grace. But as the Baptist minister and author Stephen Chalk notes, having made this huge contribution, he misunderstood the nature of faith, so that salvation for Luther boiled down to our ability to believe, to have the right thoughts. Luther's interpretation was so influential, it is reflected in our translation of that passage. If you confess with your lips that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. The consensus among modern scholars points to a different translation. If you confess with your lips that Jesus is Lord and are faithful in your heart, that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Luther's teaching reduced faithfulness solely to a matter of belief, to orthodoxy, and so robs it of its ethical value and implications. My own faith journey has led me to recognise the limitations of this understanding. Equating faithfulness solely with belief can give rise to what you might call the fundamentalist appeal to the most literal understandings of scripture held with complete conviction. I'm comfortable to acknowledge that there are alternative readings of these texts, but interestingly, I think the Orthodox churches, as we call them, have always retained a fuller understanding of faith. As Chalk puts it, faithfulness is a risky commitment to a way of being and behaving in the face of endless natural fears and uncertainties. Faithfulness embraces doubt as part of the journey. Indeed, facing our doubts can itself be seen as an act of faith, a stepping out onto waters of uncertainty. There's another implication of Reformation theology for our understanding of salvation that I would want to recognise. It has led us to emphasise faith in Christ rather than the faith of Christ. We are called to live faithfully to the way, the truth and the life that is Jesus Christ. But we are saved not through our own faithfulness to him, but rather through his faithfulness to us.
as we face the challenges of these days, we might notice the strong wind and fear that we begin to sink. Let us confess with our lips that Jesus is Lord and be faithful in our hearts to him who is ever faithful. Amen. Let us now stand and affirm our faith in the words of the Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten not made, of one being with the Father, through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven, was incarnate from the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, and was made man. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day he rose again, in accordance with the Scriptures. He ascended into heaven, and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is worshipped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Let us pray. At the end of each prayer, I will say, Lord, for the years, would you please respond? We give you thanks. So, Lord, for the years. At the end of each prayer, I will say, Lord, for the years, would you please respond? We give you thanks. So, Lord, for the years. Lord of the morning, we ask you to hear the prayers we offer. May the gift of your holy word be a lantern at our feet, a light to our paths and a strength to our lives. We pray for Elizabeth, our Queen, and for her service to this country and the Commonwealth throughout her long reign. For Alison, our Rector, Jeff, our Associate Priest, and for all involved at St Bride's who have worked tirelessly to bring us together during the past difficult months. And for our families and friends, the special people you have given us. Watch over those who are separated from us who we are not able to see. Lord, for the years, we give you thanks. We bring before you all who are finding life difficult to cope with, the hungry, those living alone and isolated, and those whose lives are shattered and broken. Healing God, give to those who are unwell or suffering all they need both physically and spiritually. We think especially of those who are beginning their journey to recovery following major surgery. Bring relief to the anxious, courage to the fearful and rest to the weary. Show us how to help them where we can to look beyond the darkness. Lord, for the years, we give you thanks. In a time of quietness, we think of all known to us who are in need of our prayers and those who have no one to pray for them. God of the Spirits, receive the souls of those departed from their earthly life and from members of our family and friends. Give them the life that knows no age, 
the good things that do not fade away and rest in your eternal kingdom. Lord, for the years, we give you thanks. Lord of the morning, hear now our prayer for farmers and those whose work maintains the countryside. In these uncertain times, we are feeling unsure. But the flowers still grow, birds still sing, and the waves still sweep the shore. And with the rising and setting of the sun, nature reminds us all that brighter days will follow. You have given us the seeds of faith, the fruits of the Spirit. Let us always pray for what we have received. May the Lord make us truly thankful. Lord, for the years, we give you thanks. We say together, merciful Father, accept, accept these, these prayers, prayers for, for the, the sake, sake of your Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Will you please stand? Christ is our peace. He has reconciled us to God in one body by the cross. We meet in his name and we share his peace. The peace of the Lord be always with you.
Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation. Through your goodness we have this bread to offer, which earth has given and human hands have made. It will become for us the bread of life. Blessed be God forever. Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation. Through your goodness we have this wine to offer, fruit of the vine and work of human hands. It will become our spiritual drink. Blessed be God forever. It is indeed right, it is our duty and our joy, at all times and in all places, to give you thanks and praise. Holy Father, Heavenly King, Almighty and Eternal God, through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord. For he is your living word. Through him you have created all things from the beginning and formed us in your own image. Through him you have freed us from the slavery of sin, giving him to be born of a woman and to die upon the cross. You raised him from the dead and exalted him to your right hand on high. Through him you have sent upon us your holy and life-giving spirit and made us a people for your own possession. Therefore, with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, we proclaim your great and glorious name, forever praising you and singing.
Accept our praises, Heavenly Father, through your Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. And as we follow his example and obey his command, grant that by the power of your Holy Spirit, these gifts of bread and wine may be to us his body and his blood, who in the same night that he was betrayed took bread and gave you thanks. He broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take, eat. This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup and gave you thanks. He gave it to them, saying, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it, in remembrance of me. Therefore, Heavenly Father, we remember his offering of himself made once for all upon the cross. We proclaim his mighty resurrection and glorious ascension. We look for the coming of his kingdom, and with this bread and this cup, we make the memorial of Christ, your Son, our Lord. Great is the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Accept through him, our great high priest, this our sacrifice of thanks and praise. And as we eat and drink these holy gifts in the presence of your divine majesty, renew us by your spirit, inspire us with your love, and unite us in the body of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Through him, and with him and in him, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, with all who stand before you in earth and heaven, we worship you, Father Almighty, in songs of everlasting praise. Blessing and honour and glory and power be yours for ever and ever. Amen. Let us pray with confidence as our Saviour has taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. We break this bread to share in the body of Christ. Though we are many, we are one body, because we all share in one bread. Draw near with faith. Receive the body of our Lord Jesus Christ, which he gave for you, and his blood, which he shed for you. Eat and drink in remembrance that he died for you, and feed on him in your hearts by faith with thanksgiving. We do not presume to come to this your table, merciful Lord, trusting in our own righteousness, but in your manifold and great mercies. We are not worthy so much as to gather up the crumbs under your table, but you are the same Lord, whose nature is always to have mercy. Grant us therefore, gracious Lord, so to eat the flesh of your dear Son, Jesus Christ, and to drink his blood, that our sinful bodies may be made clean by his body, and our souls washed through his most precious blood, and that we may evermore dwell in him, and he in us. Amen.
Let us pray. Holy Father, who gathered us here round the table of your Son to share this meal with the whole household of God, in that new world where you reveal the fullness of your peace, gather people of every race and language to share in the eternal banquet of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Almighty God, we thank you for feeding us with the body and blood of your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him we offer you our souls and bodies to be a living sacrifice. Send us out in the power of your Spirit to live and work to your praise and glory. Amen.
peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God and of his Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, and the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be among you and remain with you always. Amen. Amen.